and welcome to this week's episode of the Metaspiritualist Metaspiritual Talk. I'm your host, Marla, and through today's journey, we will be discussing how to become a supermodel in your faith walk with Dr. Jamara C.D. Welch. An entrepreneur at heart and an educator by trade, Dr. Jamara C.D. Welch was a classroom teacher for five years, has worked as a supervisor of teacher education, and most frequently served as the assistant dean and director of teacher education for the University of California in Riverside for four years. Jamara is a graduate of the University of Arizona, wherein she received her Ph.D. in teaching and teacher education in 2015. She received her Master of Arts in Education from Azusa Pacific University in 2005 and a Bachelor of Arts in Communications with an emphasis in public relations from the California State University at Fullerton in 2001. She is a native of Southern California and a proud wife and mother of two. Having a mind for business and a mentor's heart, especially for those from culturally marginalized and underserved communities, Jamara recently reestablished the Supermodel Society, a media company that is focused on putting forth content aimed to influence, educate, and inspire. The key thrust of the Supermodel Society is to help young people and the young at heart develop their God-given talents and develop lifelong skills to help them thrive socially, spiritually, physically, economically, and intellectually. With this in mind, she believes that the Supermodel Society will be a catalyst for positive change that will help people from different walks of life to become true supermodels. Those who endeavor to be a light by expressing the best in themselves in a manner that inspires others to be their best, all for the glory of God. The Metaspiritualist is guided by the creator of the universe through prayer, meditation, and sound healing. Um, all right, so... Good day, Dr. Jamara Welch. How are you? Welcome to the Metaspiritualist. I am so good, and I'm happy to be here talking with you today. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so we we have um, been talking a lot about, you know, faith, religion, spirituality, and all that stuff since we met. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so honored to... Um, have been introduced to you and um, work with you over the years. And now you're, you're no longer nearby, but I feel like (laughs) miles and distance has no um, meaning anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm thankful that we have technology to keep us connected. So um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. I, um, my first question for you is could you give us a little bit of a background of what faith path you were raised on and what you believe now? Okay, so I was raised in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Um, I, while I do not, while, while I no longer consider myself a Seventh-day Adventist, I do still consider myself a Christian in the sense that I am a follower of Christ. Um, when I look at modern day Christianity, in a lot of ways, I don't, um, it doesn't resonate with me. So when mm-hmm. I think about being a Christian, I'm just, I'm trying to follow what Jesus or Yahshua said. I guess you could say I'm a Bibleist, a Bibleist Christian or, yeah. So that's interesting. I've, I've not really heard that term before, Bibleist. Could you I made it that? Up. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, if, I mean, maybe other people use it. I don't know, but I just coined that. But um, I say Bibleist because I try to follow what's in the Word of God. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in modern day Christianity, you see a lot of people putting in their, you know, their own doctrines of men. And I'm just like, okay, well, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? So if it's if it's not in alignment with the Word, then I veer away from that. So that's why I say I'm a Bibleist. I'm trying to follow the word of God, the way I understand it to the best of my abilities, not to say that I will not listen to other pastors or even go, you know, and participate in worship services at different Christian churches. It's just Mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, my bottom line is what does the word of God say? And if it's not in line with that, then it's, uh, and and I've, I've encountered pastors who to me, veer away from the word. And so my attitude is chew the meat, spit out the bones. So. Wow. Wow. So what did that progression look like? And how did you come to the realization that you might believe differently than how you were raised? Like, what was the turning point for you? Well, um, I'm gonna go back to like, I want to say maybe it was 2005, 2006. Um, I remember one day just going to church, the church that, that I was going to, it was great. Loved my pastor, Mount Rubido, Seventh-day Adventist church. Woo, woo. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my pastor at the time was uh, Pastor Knight, excellent pastor, still love um, his preaching even to this day. Um, but I remember feeling a void and I was just like, there's more to this walk than what I'm getting here. And so I just remember one day, um, my husband and I decided, Hey, let's go down the street to that messianic, um, Jewish church. And I was like, Hey, let's do this. So we went down and it literally was right down the street from Mount Mm Rubido. And so we went down to the messianic Jewish, um, congregation. And when I walked in there, I just started crying because Mm -hmm. when I walked in, the people, I mean, they were like dancing around. The ladies had their shoes taken off. And then when the service began, they started running down the aisle with these purple and gold flags. Like the king is here. And I'm like, oh my God. And then it dawned on me, Jesus, Yahshua was not a Christian. He was a man from the tribe of Judah of the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so here it is. I feel like I, I would feel like, okay, in our Christian walk, we're taught, I mean, they don't outright say it, but you think about Jesus as being a Christian. It's like, nah, he wasn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. The Bible, it's not a Christian book. It's a Hebraic book, but we don't look at it like that. So I want to say that that was where things started to change. And mm-hmm. then fast forward to, 2011, that's when my father got sick. Um, and I remember when he was ill, um, he had, he was diagnosed with glioblastoma, uh, multiform stage four, mm-hmm. when we found it inoperable, when that happened, I was and I, not too long before we got that diagnosis. I had asked, I told, I had said that I wanted, um, faith that was pleasing in God's sight. And so then when I said that, I was like, okay, what does this mean? Because like, faith's not just going to come. It's got to be developed, right? Right. So 
couple of weeks later, find out my dad is sick. And so I'm like, God, how is this building my faith? Um, and so I just heard, I just felt in my spirit, like Jamara, you just need to know Jesus. And I'm thinking, I read my Bible and I pray every day. So what do you mean? I just need to know Jesus. I do know him. And then I just kept having this sense. You just need to know Jesus. And so, um, months, a couple months or eight months later after my dad passed away, um, I ended up buying, I believe it was the Septuagint Bible. I think that was after, right after he passed. Mm -hmm. um, I just started reading it and I just started learning so much more. I mean, even in reading the King James version of the Bible, I started noticing that there was other books Mm -hmm. out there. Um, The Bible speaks to books. And so I started pulling those books and reading them. And I was like, okay, this is not in alignment with some of the stuff I'm hearing from the pulpit. Right. And so from there, I was just like, okay, I just need to keep reading um, and really starting to seek out who Yahshua was or who he is, who he was when he was here on this earth. Mm -hmm. Um, I started celebrating the feast days of the most high and my God, that took me to a whole other level so yeah so so wow so the Septuagint let's let's talk about that for a minute because um you actually introduced me to that book Mm -hmm. I never knew that there was this collection of um scripture that was missing from the King James version either so when you introduced me to that um I started doing some reading in it as well but when you when you put your hands on that book and you started reading from from that text, mm-hmm. what what was your what was your process like? What were you thinking when when you were reading these other books that were not that you weren't familiar with? For me, it was filling in holes in the Bible. That's what it was doing it was filling in holes because I, I've looked at our our canon that has been handed down to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at it as more of like a summary. And so these extra, extra biblical books, if you will, that the early church did use, um, it filled in blanks. And like, mm-hmm. even so like in the Septuagint, that's the, what we call the Old Testament, but it also has the Apocrypha in it. And the Apocrypha used to be in the King James version of the Bible. If you get the 1611, it's in there. So I'm like, okay, well, why did they take that out? Mm-hmm. I believe it was for political reasons. But again, um, it just started filling in holes. And so I, I, like I said, I started reading the Septuagint. I'm still reading it. I just have, have I hear God telling me, Jamara, just keep reading. One of the striking things that I would say is that sometimes um, when I'm reading it, there are some things that are different in the Septuagint than what's in the KJV. Mm-hmm. And I, I lean towards the Septuagint because it's an older text. And so for me, if I were to look at a hierarchy, I put the Septuagint here mm-hmm. in the King James version here. Right under. Okay. So um, it's like, I, I, I go back and forth like that. So. And then I also, in addition to seeing the Apocrypha, I started reading the book of Jubilees, got mm-hmm. into the second book of Estrus, um, the book of Enoch. I'm still trying to finish that one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Jasher. So, yeah. Wow. So let's switch gears for just a moment. Um, you have an organization, the Supermodel Society, and mm-hmm. it has a faith-based foundation. Could you explain how you came up with the name and what it means to be a supermodel? Yes. So um, an organization called the Supermodel Society, it's faith-based because everything I do, I want it to be a right reflection of the God I serve, the God of the universe, the most Mm -hmm. high. And so that's why I consider it a faith-based organization. Many, 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 many years ago, um, when I was about 40 pounds lighter um, (laughs) and in college, I did commercial print modeling. I did that for four years. And um, as I was in it, I started to feel like it was really, really shallow And don't get me wrong, I still very much into fashion. I like to dress up and do all that stuff. But I just felt like here it is, people are being celebrated simply because of how they look. That Mm. was shouting. I feel like there's more to you than just how you look. And so I started thinking, okay, well, really, a supermodel, what we would call a role model, is someone that you admire for what they do. Right. And so they, they're celebrated because of that. And so um, my thought process was, okay, supermodel, beauty is, uh, beauty is as beauty does. So what you do with your life is what makes you beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with this um, definition of a true supermodel. And I define that as one who endeavors to be a light by expressing the best in themselves in a manner that inspires others to be their best, all for the glory of God. And so that to me is a true supermodel. And yes, you can still look fashionable and fabulous at the same time. So. Amen to that. I guess you could say I'm a supermodel. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. So, so my what next- I'm doing, so with my, with okay. the organization, I'm focused on, on putting out content because um, aside from modeling in college, I was really focused. My degree was in communications, focus was on public relations. And so I've talked to you about me building, we are building our media empires. And so Mm -hmm. my um, mission with the Supermodel Society is to put out content that influences, educates, and inspires. And so that's media company, but that's what we focus on. So I just, uh, media has such a powerful force here in the world, in this nation. Mm -hmm. Um, It programs people. And so I have been really, um, for lack of a better word, disgusted by what I see in in mainstream media. So I'm like, okay, well, let me change the story. Let me put out there the stuff that I want to see. I know I'm not, I'm one of 7.5 billion people on the planet, but there's other people out there like me who want to see stuff that's going to educate them, that's going to influence them and it's going to inspire them. So that's the type of content that I'm focused on putting out. I love it. I love it. So my next question is, what would you say to someone who is on a similar path that may be seeking specific answers to questions, but can't find the answers? Um, I would say, um, first start with prayer. I firmly believe that God will always answer you. The most high, the God Mm -hmm. of the universe. I don't know what, I mean, you know, people worship different 
beings. Um, I worship the creator, the one who made this whole place and all the other beings that are underneath him. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, if you come to him with a sincere heart, a humble heart, you approach him humbly and just say, hey, show yourself to me, reveal yourself to me. He will. It may not be in the time in which you want, but he will. At least that has always been my experience. Um, and then from there, study, study his, study his word. Look, look at the books that, have, that we do have access to. And when you're studying them, always start out with prayer because it is so easy for us to go in with our own agenda and try to twist mm. the word to what we want to fit, you know, whatever our agenda is. I mean, politicians, pastors, all the way down, lay people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that. We cannot approach it that way. We need to go to the most high and say, hey, please help me to understand your word and help me to rightly apply it. Mm. Give me the will to apply it how it's supposed to be applied. And that that can be a challenge because sometimes you may not want to do what it says. So, right. No, I, girl, I'm right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I um, I'm so blessed because we've had several Bible studies um, together. You've you've hosted many Bible studies and I'm always enlightened and just in awe of how you teach it and break it down. Like you make it so easy for, for a lay person to understand what's really going on. And I appreciate you for that. I praise God. I just God. want to say that. <laughs> I praise him. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So my last question is what word of encouragement would you share to someone who may be struggling with their faith? Again, I would say call out to him, come to him with an, with a humble spirit and he will answer. He will. And I, I want to give an example. Um, mm -hmm. When I'm going to go back to when my father was um, dying. Um, I did not understand, as I had said, how this was building my faith. Um, and I, when, I, when it comes to the word, I'm a person that takes it literally. I know that the Bible has a lot of symbolism in it. Allegory um, and metaphor, metaphor. All of that, right. Probably. And so I see that, but then also I take things literally, like this is not symbolic. So, okay, you created the world in seven days. Mm -hmm. I believe that either it was seven 24 hour periods or it was 7,000 years because a day is a, a thousand years is as a day to, to God. I'm taking it literally. I'm not looking for the, the symbols or the algorithm. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the commandments says to, and it's the fifth commandment, it says to honor your father and mother that your day may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God is giving you. And so when my dad got sick, my dad got um, sick when he was 61. Um, he died literally, literally seven days from his 62nd birthday. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, God, you said in your word, if you honor your father and your mother, that you will have a long life. Mm -hmm. What's up? My dad was very respectful towards his parents. Um, he lived a good life. I mean, what's up? Why you couldn't have given him three score and 10, seven right. years. <laughs> right. I mean, this is what it says. So I'm like, I'm upset. Cause I'm like, I'm believing you. This is what 
it says. And so I remember talking to different people that I have a lot of respect for as far as their spiritual knowledge. And you're like, well, Jamara, you're taking it too literally. I'm like, no, this is what, what he says. It's a promise. It it's a promise. And in my and- mind, I'm like, I'm like, I know, I knew that they did not have the answer. I knew mm-hmm. they didn't. But I'm like, God, like this is where I'm going back to, ask him and he will tell you. And so that just, like I said, really rocked my faith. I was like, this is not, this, this is not cool because I'm trying to, you know, do what you say. And then here it is. My daddy did what you said. And then you don't even give him 70 years on yeah. this planet. Um, so going back to reading the Septuagint Bible and God telling me to keep reading. So one of the books of the Apocrypha of the Apocrypha is called the Wisdom of Solomon. I don't understand why they have why they took that book out and why it's not in the Bible anymore, because it was by reading the Wisdom of Solomon that God answered my question. Mm. In the I don't know the exact um, passage, mm-hmm. but in there he explains that long life is not in length of days but it's in how you live your life. So if you live a life that's really, really good and you're just doing great things, then God sees you as reaching a a high level of maturity. Mm. And so he takes you out before you become corrupted. So just because a person lives to be a hundred years old, that does not necessarily mean that they lived a good life. Right. Nor does it mean that they have not lived a good life, Mm -hmm. but the whole point was that Jamara, you can't just look at long life in terms of a numeric value or in terms of age. It's deeper than that. You know what? I I, I just, I know that was the last question, but I, I have another question. Um, okay. That goes back to what you said to me yesterday about time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can we, can we talk about that just for a Please, little bit? Like let's we have do. a few more minutes. We have, we have some time actually. Let's, let's, let's do, let's do, let's do. So about. you talk about it, it, the numerical value of our lives and, you know, that time component and to God, the universe, they, he doesn't operate on a no. time, right? No. You're dealing with an infinite being who's able to step into and out of time, time if you will. Yeah. So what, what we, what we, what you shared with me yesterday, mm-hmm. um, when, when, um, I can't remember his name. What was Pastor his name? Omar Tebow? Omar Tebow. I'm going to have yeah. to look him up and watch some more of his sermons because when he said that the, the start of the month starts on yes. a new moon, yes. that literally blew my mind. I was like, it mm-hmm. wouldn't make sense because when the moon is like, if you're thinking about it in terms of a baby. Yeah. When, right. When, um, conception happens, it's Mm -hmm. dark. Mm -hmm. And then as the baby grows within the mom's womb, when you get to the full term, that's when the moon is right. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's time for the baby to be born. Yeah. So, if you're thinking in terms of the moon and days, mm-hmm. it's like, why were we deceived in, in the, the whole calendar and the clock? It, and 
what, what are your what are your thoughts on that? It was for political reasons, and and it's it was foretold to us in the book of Daniel. I think it's Daniel chapter seven where we talk about how he, that enemy of God, and this is mm-hmm. the fourth kingdom, would try to would think to change times and days and seasons, and he would be given the power to do that for a period of time, but it's going to end, and we will go back to God's calendar. But yeah. The moon, moon means month. And so we have our political calendar. I mean, you know, people on January 1st say happy new year. Mm-hmm. And so I, cause I, I don't want to insult people. I'll say happy new year. Yeah. But to people who like me know, I'm like happy political new year, but it's not the real new year. New year. So tell us, tell us when you learned of when the new year actually takes place, what were your thoughts and feelings on that? It made sense to me. Like, why would the new year begin in the dead of winter? That doesn't even make sense. The new, I mean, when you think about new beginnings and when things are like fruitful and flowering, it's spring. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense that the beginning would be in the spring. So when we talk about when's the real new year, the real new year falls sometime in March. That's when the real new year starts. Um, So it, it just... And this is this right after Passover? It's around that time. So Passover takes place on, I believe it's the 14th day of the first month. And so, you know, for, for people who do not, you know, um, for people who do not believe in the God of the Bible, who don't serve the creator, then, okay, this is not going to make sense to you. But for those of us that do mm-hmm. profess to um, follow the creator, then, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's in spring. And then Passover is, I think it's the 14th day, 14th day of the first month. And how it really started getting into this is when God told me to start keeping the feast days. The mm-hmm. church didn't tell me that. And, you know, mm-hmm. the church, like in my church, like we were as a Seventh-day Adventist, you're raised to keep the Sabbath, the which, Sabbath. Is a whole, which is a whole mm-hmm. other topic from yesterday. Yeah. Um, that was, that, but, that blew me too, because um, and I, I'm just going to share my, my thoughts real quick, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. No, um, when I came to know about the Seventh-day Adventist Church, it was when I moved mm-hmm. out here in 2009. Mm-hmm. And I feel that the last 12 years of me being out here, mm-hmm. I've not been on a correct routine because I was the way I was raised, you know, Saturday mornings, you get up, you blast some Luther Vandross or some Whitney Houston and you cleaning mm-hmm. up the house. And then Sunday you can go to church or do whatever you want to do and mm-hmm. relax because you're, you're starting your, your week off fresh. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So coming out here and learning about the Sabbath and mm-hmm. things like that, I've gotten into arguments with people about like, you can keep the Sabbath is not just on Saturday. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't either. So I when, didn't he, not- when he said that the Sabbath was not only on Saturday, mm-hmm. I was like, I've always felt that because whenever God says to rest, mm-hmm. when our body knows our intuition knows when it's time to rest. Right. And so if we're going off of the, um, he, it would be the Hebraic calendar, Right. right. So right. if we're going off of the Hebraic calendar here, if we're going right. off of the Hebraic calendar and we're mm-hmm. in tune with the spirit, then mm-hmm. 
we would automatically be in that clockwork of, you know, taking proper rest when, when it's supposed to happen. But if you're intentional, like you and your family have been in observing the actual feast days, you're Mm -hmm. even more dialed in to that frequency that God has already set in, in front of us. Right. To that, to the keeping of the feast days, when I started talking to, I remember talking with one of the elders at um, my former church about it. And he was like, oh, well, you're just being legalistic. And I was just like, I don't understand. So you think it's important to continue to keep the weekly Sabbath, mm-hmm. but you don't think it's important to keep the annual Sabbaths? Come on, some of these feast days are annual Sabbaths. I'm confused and I'm yeah. being legalistic. I'm not telling you that you have to do it. Don't, I'm not saying that. That's between you and God. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is I think it would be in your best interest to learn about it because every single feast day points to Yahshua or Jesus Christ, every single one. Yeah. And it will be how, how, how can you do some of it, but not all of it and get the full? Because it's not convenient. Because it's not it's not convenient, or you're caught up in traditions. But going back to uh, the, what we saw yesterday in the Sabbath, like you know, I growing up, okay, Saturday, seventh day of the week, according to the Gregorian calendar, Saturday is the seventh day of the week. However, if you look at God's calendar, knowing that the month is controlled by the moon. Mm-hmm. When the new moon happens, that's the beginning of your month. So just because you see January 1st or you see February 1st, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the first day of the month. You have to follow the moon. And mm-hmm. so when you see the new moon, you see that sliver on the, I believe it's the right side of the moon, that lets you know that's day one of your month. And from there, you count seven days. Mercy. And there's your Sabbath. And okay, then seven so- days later. So it fluctuates. It goes from month. So one month, all of your Sabbaths may be on Monday. Mm-hmm. The next month, they might be on Friday. The month after that, it might be on Saturday. But that's how, because you're following the moon versus the political calendar that we've been mm-hmm. given. So would, would you say it would be wise <laughs> mm-hmm. to take a look at your calendar yes. and, and go in and make your mark on when the actual start of the month is? And then plan your life accordingly. I think that people should do that. And I realize, um, you know, I used to have this, uh, I'm admitted, I used to have this superiority complex in that, well, hey, I'm keeping the real Sabbath, right? Mm. And you, you, you first day people, well, you know, you're, you know, you're, that's not the real Sabbath. But now I'm like, Jamara, shut up. Cause you've been, you haven't even been keeping the correct Sabbath. <laughs> Listen, when he I, said that yesterday, wow. he was like, they all wrong. I was we, like, we have been. <laughs> and so for those people who are, who have been going to church forever on the first day of the week of this political calendar, I apologize for my, uh, I, I'm serious. Like I have, I'm in no position to judge. And so I thank Yahshua, Jesus for his grace. Cause we all trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. I, my position now is we have to follow the principle. Mm-hmm. I think you still need to keep one day in seven. I am going to continue keeping Saturday because I'm already in the habit of it. But at the same time, I'm going to do my best to observe the actual 
day. Sabbath days. So mm-hmm. if Sabbath falls on a Monday and I'm able to to keep it, then I'm going to keep it on that but Monday. Can you explain? People have to work, and so people. Yeah, have to that's work. what I was. That's people what I was actually going to. Gonna... School. People have to work. They have to go to school. This is society that we live in. Mm-hmm. Is American side of this world system, it does it's it does not support God's calendar. And so mm-hmm. I see I see that as where God's grace comes in. If you are able to, you know, keep it on the actual day, whether it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then I say do it. Mm-hmm. But again, realizing what land we're in, I, I really think in order to really properly follow the laws, statutes of the most high, we have to be in his land. is in place in the United States. It ain't it. (laughs) So no, no, you know, that that's what I was actually going to um, ask you. Um, I completely lost it. It's okay. I'll come back to it if it comes back. (laughs) But that was good. That was good. Like, I, I feel like yesterday, it really sparked that interest again for me because mm-hmm. there's times where I'm like adamant I'm in my bible reading scripture um I've gotten a few other religious and spirituality books that I've been reading um mm-hmm. I'm really into right now um like affirmations and things mm-hmm. that I know will help me to manifest the life that I desire mm-hmm. um and so I'm going back and forth in between these texts, mm-hmm. but yesterday it, it sparked that interest. Like, Oh yeah, I was, I have studied on time and you know, where we are in after Jesus and all of that. So it's like a good jolt to say, you know what, remember you need to come back to this because this is important. And especially with what happened in 2020, it's almost as if time stopped for a period of time. Uh And then things are now like picking back up. And I feel like time is just like skyrocketed. And before you know it, it, it's dark outside. You wake up and then it's dark outside. Right. I feel like part of that with the whole 2020, it's, it, it, caused me to take a pause from like going to the church house, if you will, mm-hmm. and getting even deeper in. It's like people, you really got to study. You really have to study. You can't just take what the pastor or the religious leaders are saying. You can't. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in one regard, this time away has given us that opportunity. And speaking of Jesus, this is a sidebar. Um, and I've talked to you about this before, prior to my finding out about um when the day starts, it just adds more credence to knowing that Jesus did not die on Friday. Right. <laughs> right. For those of you that do, that are listening and do espouse that, I'm just going to say, do the math. You cannot get three days and three nights between Friday and Sunday. It is mathematically impossible. Yeah. So, so why do you, why do you think that people, um, look to these, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it, pastors and take what they say at face value and believe that that is the true gospel. Like, why do you think people do that? They don't, they're not studying on their own. I think part of it, it's easy. It's easier. And you know what? We're supposed to have 
religious leaders. We're supposed that they're supposed to do that. I mean, the Bible has, you know, you have the priests, which was the um, the um, descendants of of Aaron, Aaron, who was the brother of Moses um, from mm-hmm. the tribe, of, you know, Levi. I mean, they, they were set up as the religious leaders for the Israelite society. And so I definitely believe that there is a place for our religious leaders. We need them. I am bothered by the religious leaders who are not following that saith the most high. When you're mm-hmm. not following what it is you're preaching or what it is you are saying the Bible is about, then I've checked out. I've lost respect. And I'm not saying that, you know, people aren't, you're not a man and you, and you fall. I get all that. But if yeah, but that, that's an excuse that I feel like that. Excuse. I feel like that is an excuse for them to continue to do whatever they want to do under right. the sun. And then get your stuff together, (laughs) get it right. And then move back. Otherwise, if you're not following what it is you're preaching, go sit down. Yeah. It's the ego thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, girl, that's, that's heavy right there. Cause people, I feel that we, and I'm going to put myself in, in the hot chair too. We get into these situations where our ego rises up. And we, we believe that, you know, we're on a pedestal, so to speak, and other people can put you on that pedestal. Mm -hmm. Um, But at some point it's like, okay, when is, when is it going to knock you down? If you're not really grounding yourself and humbling yourself, like Mm -hmm. when, you know, I think people think that they, once they get to a certain point that that can't happen. Mm-hmm. No, and let it ask, does. Let me ask you this question. And this mm-hmm. is for those people who, who would say, well, you know, the pastor is just a man and you should just leave him alone. If you go to the doctor's office and you're about to go into surgery and the doctor keeps messing stuff up, surgery after surgery, people keep getting worse. Yeah. And they then getting better. And I mean, to the point that some people are dying. Or it's the same thing with the nurse mm-hmm. or you as a teacher, you keep teaching the same lesson, but you keep telling the students the wrong information. Are we going to let you just continue practicing? No, they're going to there. I mean, it's the same thing with law. You know, right. you, you get disbarred. Exactly. You know, exactly. They will strip so, your medical license quick, fast and in a hurry for malpractice. So exactly. why do we, why do we continue to let, pastors and elders and deacons and deaconesses do you know stay in their positions because you're dealing with someone's soul now it's it's beyond physical you are literally you're dealing with someone's soul and i'm just it's in, in all the other professions we have regulations and these things that will happen if a person is not i don't understand why um religious leaders are not held to the same standard. Well, here's the thing. Um, and you know, the positions that we we've held in the church are, are very, they're pretty high positions in the church. Right. And as communications people, Mm -hmm. as people who are readers and studiers, um, they do have legalities and handbooks and things Mm -hmm. like that in place, Mm -hmm. but it, it's not until something completely detrimental that happens to where they take action. Right. And it doesn't have to get that far. 
Exactly. So they, they have the handbooks in place. Cause mm -hmm. I remember when I, when I read the seventh day, the, the conference handbook, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is happening. This is mm -hmm. happening. This is happening. And there's no reprimanding. There's right. no um, consequence. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? And it, and it, and someone like me who has a big mouth <laughs> will go and, and be like, Hey, I see this happening. You know, what's going on? Like, and, and it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's it bad because they don't enforce it. They don't enforce what they've put in writing themselves. Right. And that, that contributes to people leaving the church, the church, the, and, and what's that called? The apostasy. Uh, that sounds right to me. The apostasy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, well, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'll, I'll share this um, last, my last opinion about the yeah. church. Because um, I don't, I don't necessarily go to church anymore. I feel that I'm, I'm seeking things that the church cannot give me. Okay. Um, I still go to church sometimes. Well, before COVID hit. I before COVID. Go. You still, you, well, I like I, well, here, here's the thing. I mean, I like a physical a physical yeah. body. Like we don't, we're not there under the leadership of someone else. Like we're, we're right. doing the, the things that we're led to do by the spirit. Right. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, and studying to show ourselves approved. Correct. So I feel, I feel like when it comes to organized religion mm -hmm. in that sense, it's very confining. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't allow for you to really tap into who God mm -hmm. has called you to be on this earth. Right. Um, because then you're, what you're doing is you're seeking validation outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I did that and it was, it, it, it was to my detriment. Like now I'm not doing a lot of the things that I thought I would be doing in my life because I was seeking validation outside of myself. Right. To that confinement, I remember um, talking to a couple of pastors about stuff in the Bible, questions I had, mm -hmm. like the whole thing with um, Jesus and when he died and when he rose. Mm -hmm. And some of them were like, you're, you're thinking that deeply about it? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I, I don't just be? take what you say. The way I was raised, I was raised, my mom She's an elder. My dad was a deacon um, when he was still here. My parents always raised me, Jamara, don't ever just take what the pastor says. You always have to do your own study. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I have these questions. And I remember a couple of pastors just taken aback by the questions, the questions I had about Jesus, questions I had about the feast days, Sabbath, like, okay, well, we're, we're not going to go there and it's like you know what and and they learn these things in seminary in seminary school supposedly yeah so church doctrines that's that's it's bad <laughs> i think so i think so but like i said i still i still will go to church if i feel like the um the pastor is sincerely trying to preach and follow the saith the Lord. I, I do not believe in staying under some mess. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But I still, I personally still find enjoyment gathering together with other believers. And you can do that at home or anywhere. On Zoom, we can do it on Zoom now. On Zoom, (laughs) Um, I I was on the praise team. I love to sing, as you know. So, but I don't believe in staying under some mess. And like I mentioned, um, so the video that I shared with you with Pastor Tebow, Mm-hmm. That's he's my YouTube pastor at this time. Philadelphia Christian Church in Lafayette, Louisiana, for those of you who might want to check him out. Good Listen, stuff. when I when I watched that yesterday, I, I turned it on because, um, you know, we're in the process of, of selling our home mm-hmm. and um, I was listening to him and I had to stop cleaning up because <laughs> I was <laughs> like this, especially when, when he got to the point about the, the new moon and, <laughs> you know, being on that that time I was like pictures of the screenshots like (laughs) I'm gonna go back like when I when I have some quiet time in my Mm -hmm. study I'm gonna go back and and take note because I was just like wow like that that was one of those messages that you get and it's like okay you better pay attention to this because something greater is coming and if you're not ready you're gonna miss it exactly Exactly. Exactly. I, I had shared it with my mom too. She was just like, girl, I got to go to sleep on this one. <laughs> go <to> sleep. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so that's okay. funny. Well, Jamara, thank you so much. This was fun. And I, 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 I've been saying this to a lot of my guests so far, like I'm definitely going to have to have you back. Oh, um, thank you. I, I've had a good time. Yeah, we 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 have so many substantial, um, just meat filled conversations, and I want to continue, you know, on this journey with you because what you share with me, like you are the Doctor Jamara Welch, like you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You are. I, I think that you're in the wrong profession. I'm just going to put that out there. You I know what. That- I think I'm that going you, back to communications. I have education. I mean, those uh, that I'm, that's the past. I'm, yeah, yeah. We need we need you. We need you in this in this field because you are just a wealth of knowledge, and it's beneficial for people. Thank and you. God yeah. be praised. God be praised. God be praised. With this particular topic, I mean, I, I really appreciate you inviting me on to your, uh, to your platform, to your show, because I, I really do have a genuine interest with things of the Bible. I'm just, I've always been wired that way. I love history, Mm -hmm. um, ancient history, biblical history. So it's like, I consider myself an amateur Bible scholar, but I, I really like this kind of stuff now. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to say uh, amateur. You're definitely not an amateur at this. <laughs> I, I, I am. I, I don't. I don't. I do not. I, I have no desire to go going into like getting degrees or anything like that. I just want to keep studying and just keep learning. And then as people will listen, I'll share what I know. If you have stuff to add to me, share. I'll take absolutely. it in. Yeah. So, but thank, thank you. you. I'm so honored to have you. Thank you all for joining us for today's Meta Spiritual Talk. We hope that this conversation has inspired you to go out and be confident to become a supermodel. You can follow Dr. Jamara Welch on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at 
the SM Society. Be sure to visit her website at www.supermodelsociety.org. In the next episode, we're going to be talking with Pastor Mitzi Archer about what it means to be Christ-centered. So please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at The Metaspiritualist so that you can get updates. We are now on Apple, Google, and the iHeartRadio app under podcasts. We hope that you're blessed this coming week. And until next time, have a wonderful day. 